This episode is for the tired, burnt-out consultant who just wants to make more money because my guest today has got a big, bold promise. She helps a lot of consultants typically add another 150K to 600K in their first year of working with her, and that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hello, welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan, your host. Very nice to have you here with me. My guest today, her name is Samantha Hartley, and she's the host of the Profitable Joyful Podcast, and she's also got a Facebook group with the same name. Now, I wanted to bring Samantha onto the show because her headline on LinkedIn was so irresistible that I just had to figure out more. And she typically brings in 150K to 600K with the first year of helping uh, her consult her clients who are consultants, right? And she does it all without all the typical ninja hacks you might expect or just working more. So you're going to hear a lot of those principles that she's going to cover today, especially focused to the way she delivers the message. I think that's one of the key things I took away from the podcast was that it's all about the delivery in how you present an offer. So really pay attention to not only the content, but how Sam speaks, because uh, I thought that was my biggest takeaway. Easily, easily, easily. But uh, other than that, hope you're going to enjoy my interview today with Samantha Hartley. G'day. Hey, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Samantha Hartley from samanthahartley.com. Sam, can I call you Sam? You can call me Sam. Sam, how's it going? It's going wonderfully. How are you? Oh, it's really good. Obviously, you could tell I'm on my first coffee of the day. It's in the morning. I'm super pumped. Super pumped to talk to you as well because um, I haven't had anyone talk about selling a transformational $100,000 package or engagement. But before we sort of touch on the good stuff... I want to touch on something even better. I want to hear the backstory of Sam. Um, my backstory is I was interested in theater and Russian language as a student. And so I went overseas to study those things, specifically to Russia. While I was in Russia, I kind of ran out of money as a student and I wanted to do something. And marketing seemed to be a job for which you didn't need any qualifications. So I got hired by companies in Russia to work for them. And one of those companies was the Coca-Cola company. And they brought me back to the US to work at their corporate headquarters. Yeah. Um, and I did not like their corporate headquarters. So I left and I became a consultant at Coke uh, corporate. I had been an internal consultant for the company. So I flew around the world and looked at Coke operations. So I knew kind of what it was like to be a consultant, which is like pretty much nobody wants to hear anything from you. But uh, as yeah. an independent consultant, um, you know, you're kind of, you, people think you're a genius because you come in and you have this outside perspective and you can tell them things. So all of my first clients were former Coke colleagues. So I always bring the lesson, never burn your bridges because I could have easily left corporate in a huff, but instead I kind of left like nicely and politely and kindly. And those former colleagues ended up reaching out to me and it made for a very soft landing into self-employment. 
Uh, and I've been doing that for like 20 years. I've worked with all kinds of small businesses from uh, manufacturing companies to uh, service businesses, printers, uh, even churches and yeah. um, community banks. And now I specialize in working with consultants because I just, because I can. Yeah. And when you're working with consultants, what are you working, what, what are you focusing on right now with them? I really, every consultant wants to know how they can grow their business without um, imploding, right? How they can do that, that like, you know, in a measurable way so that they don't have, uh, how can I make more and more and more money without me having to do all of the things yeah. uh, in a way that exhausts me? So that's what I work with them on. Yeah, I completely relate. Like you're the single cog, you wear all the hats, you do the marketing, you do the client delivery work and you do the sales. Is, yeah. that, is that, was that what's happening with your clients? In some cases, they'll even have a team and they're still doing too much. So it's really hard for the founder or the CEO, the, um, the principal consultant. It's really hard for them to kind of like let go of the tasks and to, and to hire on time. Uh, and if they are a solo act, then it's, it can be, you know, you, you're kind of trying to modulate between like getting all the business I can get, but also like, I can't work any more hours. So that really requires us to um, have systems and uh, team and uh, a lot of tools and technology that can support that growth. Yeah. So, so it sounds like they've got a team or so they've got another hat. They have to play the manager hat as well. Um, yeah. And they don't know how to scale or they don't know how to keep themselves sane because there's just there's too many plates spinning in the air. I think it's just a, a lot of people know how to get to a certain level, but you don't know how to get beyond that. So a lot of my clients are like, hey, we made it to 250 or hey, we made it to 750, but they want to go beyond that. And what I'm really good at is like 150 to 2 million. That's like the, the place I love to play. And I've had clients who were in the multi-millions um, and I've had clients who were, you know, I really like to work in two to 8 million is really super fun. But yeah. the, the place where I really like to make a contribution is that 150 to 2 million. And uh, what got you here won't get you there. You know, so people can get as, as far as they want to go. Like somebody I talked to the other day, she was at 360 and she was like, but I want to be at 3 million. I was like, well, that's going to be all different skills. Yeah. to get you to that place. Okay. And because I've, um, because I've grown those businesses together with my clients, I, I, I know like very systematically what to offer them. Well, I definitely want to follow up with what are the skills it takes to get from 150K to one and a half million. But I do want to touch on, because you said before that you enjoyed working with those, not beginner, but you know, in that, that lower bracket than people who've got more wealth. Yeah. Why, why is that? Is it just more rewarding to see them grow? Or I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I really like to work with the principal person. And um, sometimes when I was working with larger companies, once really, once you get above 8 million, I'm going to work with not the owner. I'm going to work with somebody who's a function head. Uh, and so that's a little less interesting to me. Uh, and, and just, you know, um, I, a lot of my clients are women, not all of them are, but a lot of them are women. And I really mm -hmm. like to lift up women. I feel like when women thrive, we all thrive. And so that's uh, a, a lot of small businesses tend to be in that range. I, I also don't work with beginners. There's a bunch of beginners who were in the zero to 150. Mm. And I don't work with them because that's actually not the, that's not my gift. And, you know, it's, it's funny because being in the coaching world, I see that there are people who specialize in working with beginners and the ones who don't. Uh, and, and we acknowledge that for beginners, well, as I've heard you discuss on other shows, like there's so much mindset with beginners, but there's just a lot of um, really basic fundamentals. And I present those on my podcast, what I think those fundamentals are, but it's, um, it's not usually who I, who I work with. So if someone is between zero and one, 50, yeah. I have places to send them, but if you're at 150, like I can get you to 600, yep. 750, yep. you know, in a year. 
Okay, so they've they've obviously done the groundwork and their own yeah men- mental conditioning. Let's just say part yeah. of the mental conditioning to get there. Um, so what are those skill sets that are really holding people back, or like what are the skill sets they need to develop to get past or to break through one fifty two? Let's just say before you said one and a half million. Is that correct? Yeah, I, two is usually the the number. I have a program yeah. called the Path to Two Million, just because I think that's a, a fun place that's, to go. Yep, um, that's what it is. I like it. Yeah. So the one thing I would say is what I find for a lot of consultants is that they hit a a revenue ceiling and that ceiling is usually equivalent to their salary when they left corporate. So if they left corporate earning $250,000 a year, then their revenue ceiling will be 250. But as you and I know, $250,000 in revenue is not income. Right. And so they're Taxes, making less than they were making before, but that's like, that's the number that they're familiar with or that they're, that's their financial comfort zone. And, and so I think for a lot of people to, to leave corporate and to be like, just work their network and like do their thing, they can get to 150 to 350. Uh, I don't know many people who left doing more than 350 when they were, when they left corporate. So that's where most of my clients are when they come to me. And I'll say to them, Actually, I have one client who's making 500, but he ran all his business expenses through the business. And so if we take some of those out and we look at kind of like what that net number is, it was his salary from corporate. And so it's just like, that's the first piece. And, and it's part of why I don't work with beginners. Cause like most beginners can do that piece right there. Like they went, they have like the enough, enough charm and a good enough network to be able to go and find like, I don't know, two or three or five clients and do the work for them. But, and here's where the basic skills are, Yeah, uh, you got to work with perfect clients. You have to identify and work exclusively with perfect clients, because if you don't, then life is terrible and full of pain. And yeah. um, the, the, one of my, my podcasts is called Profitable Joyful Consulting. And I say that because uh, perfect clients are the determiner of both of those things, how profitable you're going to be and how joyful you're going to be. Uh, because perfect clients are profitable and crappy clients, dreadful clients are not profitable. They're like, they always take up more of your time. They want more of your services. They're never happy with what they get, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So everybody listening has heard, has had an imperfect client and knows what I'm talking about, but, uh, but not everyone can let go of them. Not everyone can say, this isn't profitable. This is dumb. <laughs> we have to stop this. Uh, also, I'm not joyful and they ruin my day so that I can't even be my best self for my own business and for my other clients. So um, perfect clients is a major, major principle. Uh, One of the others is transformational offers. So a lot of consultants do what I call one-offs. So they go in, they work with a client um, for six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever. It's a one-time thing whether it's a training or a project or a problem solving kind of thing. And again, it could be for, you know, $3,500 or it could be for like $75,000, but when it's over, they leave and that's done. And in some cases they're now unemployed because they work with one client at a time. So let's say they even have three clients at a time. Well, that thing's done. And now their, their business is down by a third. So what I teach to do is instead of doing one-offs, which may lead to more work, like sometimes they ask you back in, but not immediately. What I teach to do is to figure out what the big picture solution that they need is and to sell that in immediately. Uh, And so that for any corporation, if they're trying to solve any problem and even a lot of small businesses, that can't be done for less than a hundred thousand dollars. It just, it just can't. If it's a people problem, a financial problem, you're just working with a company that has the magnitude of their problems is high enough that that's the kind of money we're talking about. When I first started talking about 100K engagements, a lot of people said, well, you might need to change that a little bit because it kind of sounds unrealistic. 
<laughs> so I was like, I'm in the wrong room because for <laughs> my clients, hundred K is low. So uh, a lot of the people that I'm working with, uh, it's 500 K, um, uh, 480, you know, uh, definitely 250 on, uh, engagements. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you think about going in and working with a client and solving a million dollar problem, well, that's between a hundred and $250,000 in value that they will give to you for solving that. Right. Mm, totally. So number one, you said you got to find that perfect client. Yes. Uh, we all know firsthand just how energy sapping, how frustrating it is to have someone who's a you halfway through a project and you realize this is the worst thing ever and you have to yeah. fulfill on it. Um, so like you said, pick that perfect yeah. client. And number two, transformational offer. I really like that. <laughs> One of the things my coach always says is that when you're trying to present an offer, let them know if you're going to, if there's phase one and phase two, I know you're saying to do for your, in your situation with your clients, you can say, look, this is going to be fixing a million dollar problem. Potentially Yeah. here's what's going to cost. I think it's a lot more, gives you a lot more room to breathe, especially when, you know, we, maybe there are freelancers or coaches or consultants out there who, who are, like you said, I didn't actually think of it that way. You're unemployed if you don't have a client between on the client. Yeah. <laughs> That's a scary way of putting it. Right. But then when you're putting together these uh, transformational offers, these engagements, okay. So someone might have these limiting belief, like would they have these limiting beliefs? Like how could I charge yes. that much? Oh, everybody who comes to me says, I love the idea of what you're saying, but I don't understand how I could do it. Um, So that's half of the clients. The other half are people who are selling, you know, doing $750,000 a year, but they're doing it on an hourly basis. And so they're Mm -hmm. like, I I get what you're saying. And some of our clients are actually spending $100,000 a year with us, but we don't understand how to go to them and proactively sell that in yeah. because they, because they pay us by the hour. So I have a client um, who has an IT consultant, her name is Carrie, and she has a team of five and they go in and they do, they teach this specific software and they do stuff for the clients. And they had a client they were working with that it was like just the fluctuations from month to month were huge. It was like between 10 and $50,000. Um, and that's not good for the client because they don't like that kind of lumpy that's expenses that, as my huge, friend called yeah. them right? They don't want that kind of fluctuation, even a big company. And it's not good for my client because she couldn't, she, she couldn't predict how much revenues were going to be. And also how much she needed to allocate that team to either that client or other people. And so if it, with those fluctuations, it was nuts. So I said, well, how do you know what the client wants to accomplish? Big picture. Yes, she did. Okay. So can you just say, if we come in and over the course of the year, we work with you and we accomplish these things, that are your goals. Here's how we're going to structure the work. I want us to tell them the client, how we're going to structure the work. Cause if they knew how to do it, they would do it. Right. You're the expert. You're the leader. So take the lead and say, here's how we're going to accomplish your goals. Mm. And then here's what the investment is going to be. And instead of it being all over the map like this, it's going to be a steady investment over the course of the year. That way you don't have lumpy expenses yeah. and we don't have like this kind of chaos of, of planning our people and our work. Very often the client will say, that's great. We love that idea. How come everybody doesn't do it that way? That's what they literally said to my client, even though she was afraid they were going to say, well, that's not hourly. That's not how everybody else does it. So um, she sold in right after I worked with her on repackaging this hourly service, she sold in a $480,000 engagement. So then by the way, she knows what that work is and she can go and sell that to other people who need, she can basically say, well, we can come in and solve those problems for you. And this is how it works. And this is the investment. And they go, cool. 
Yeah. You know, so it makes it easy for everyone in, in everyone's highest interest, which is the standard by which I try to make my work. Yeah. And, and there's something else that, that, that was, that you said that you also didn't verbally say it. I'll pick up for, for the, the listener is that, can you hear Sam's conviction and confidence in her voice? You should, you should see her on camera. Like she knows exactly this is the plan that we need to do. This is the roadmap. I've done this before. And when you have that conviction, people are just going to be magnetized towards you. And when you have a plan as well, like what Sam said, this is what we're going to do month by month. It's going to be a steady investment. Okay. There's nothing going to be no hidden surprises. We've done this before. I'm sure you'll find like, that's, is, is that one of the key things that you teach with your clients as well? Just like that's actually that the third thing that I was going to bring up, which is mindset for success. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what gets you from 150 to 2 million is, is mindset. And there's so much stuff that falls under that. But what I always say is that you're the center of the business. You're the talent in the business. You are the business for many people. You're the brand, right? If you don't take care of you, and if you're not your best version of yourself all the time, then the business suffers. So that means you got to prioritize you. Uh, and so much of this is self-care, just basic stuff like 100%. eating right, exercising, getting enough sleep, you know, all of these super basic things, which you know, corporate America is kind of talking about nowadays, but they don't really care how much sleep you get. But as an, as a entrepreneur, I have to tell you this, I'm in a really high level mastermind with a bunch of million dollar business owners. And, um, the, the guy running it asked in a zoom recently, he was like, well, how much sleep does everybody here get? Uh, and people put it in the chat and he was stunned because I think he was thinking like four or five hours a night and people were like eight, nine hours a night, yeah. which is where I am. I get like eight and a half. I get uh, and he was really amazed. And I was like, this, uh, not enough sleep is a rookie mistake. If you are serious about growing your business, you need to sleep a lot of hours. And I'm sure there's people with small children who are like, that'd be great. I wish I had that. I'm like, prioritize mm -hmm. to the extent that you can prioritize your self-care. So it's self-care over here and then mindset. And you mentioned confidence. And to me, people purchase confidence. Mm -hmm. Like in my whole entire life, whenever anybody's like, do I need certifications or should I get my MBA or should I get this thing? I'm like, nobody's ever asked me anything about any credentials ever. Why? Because I don't. I don't offer that vibe. I don't have a, have a, you, I, I'm, I don't have any inadequacies about the quality of my education yeah. or my business prep or whatever I did ever, you know, and I have along the way. And it doesn't mean that I don't uh, occasionally have doubts and fears and mindset issues of my own. But as far as when you're working with your client and you're like, I can get you this result, like say the thing that you can say with confidence and conviction, because that's what people will purchase. And they will purchase that for about a hundred to $300,000 more than they will purchase it from an unconfident person. Mm. And so the key, the key thing is there, what if some, cause confidence, you can't really train. You can't just say, be confident, yeah. right? It's like, <laughs> go develop it. So how would you reckon, how would you recommend to some of your clients who are a bit more shy, a bit more introverted to develop that confidence? Uh, what I would say is look at your results. And this is what I have them do is that we just, we go over constantly their results. When somebody's having a moment of like, well, nobody wants my offer. And every time I'm doing is failing, I'm like, look, go read your testimonials, go read your love notes from your clients. Stop focusing on yourself. Cause that's when you feel insecure. And if you focus on other people that you need to help, then you suddenly are like, okay, I'm back on my mission. So I think it's important that we give ourselves uh, space to feel down and whatever we're feeling, you know, sometimes you need to just take a mental health day. That's okay. Uh, but, but as far as if somebody is 
you know, most people, when they come to me are like, I couldn't charge a hundred thousand dollars for something. And when, and, you know, within a couple of weeks, they're like, I'm totally charging hundred K yeah. for this. And oh my God, they bought it. Uh, one guy who was in a short program of mine, it was only six weeks. He, um, he sold two sixty Ks in a row and he was like, <laughs> blew his mind that he did it. But mm-hmm. I was like, when I talk to him, I'm telling him, look at your own results and how valuable they are, which for a lot of people is very convincing. And then I'm like, look at what other people are doing. There's plenty of people out there charging way more than you getting way fewer results. And, um, what are they saying? And then, uh, you know, are are you bound and determined to make this happen? I am, I am like bound and determined to get a result for my clients. And a lot of us get results through clients, which means that we really have to activate and energize them. I know you were a um, a personal trainer, you know, you've got to get somebody excited enough about their own fitness. Like you can't do the push-ups for them. Right. So in my case, yes. Yeah. So you can get somebody fired up enough that they can go and do a thing. And, um, and it's kind of evidence-based though. You can hear, like, we're looking at their actual results. If you've never gotten this result before, I feel like, well, how, how confident do you feel? A lot of times what I won't say to someone is like, we'll just charge a hundred thousand dollars. What I'll say is, well, what's the number, what's the number that comes to you that you feel like you can stand in. And if they're like 35, I'm like, cool then we'll do a little of this other work Mm. and see if we can get that any higher. And if the end of it, they get to 50 wonderful, and maybe they're just at 35, but if you go and try to sell something without conviction, without being aligned with 35,000, then you're not going to sell it. You're going to have it mirrored back to you that that's not the real number. So then you got to work on that. I mean, I didn't start charging a hundred thousand, you know, I I left corporate and I was like, what do people charge? And I had a, um, a, a friend who was a consultant. She was the only consultant I knew. I was like, how, what do I do? She was like, well, nobody's any good charges less than a thousand dollars a day. I was like, there you go. It'll be a thousand. So, right. Man. So many golden nuggets to take away from that. Um, obviously, like you said, it's that comfort exercise first to, to get really attuned with uh, like, am, am I actually aligned? Like I might want to sell it for a hundred thousand, but am I aligned with that? Am I ready to actually do that. Um, yeah. That's going to take, and you might not have that audience. You might need to adjust your audience. It's like, uh, again, a lot of people who come to me will be there who they're working with is too small for them. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the frustration is they're like, I want to do bigger work. Like a lot of them have IP intellectual property that they've worked on and they want to launch it, but they're like, this business can't do my like working with teams thing. There's like seven people in it. So I'm like, well, then you need a different audience. I had a, a client who came out of um, mid-sized manufacturing. She'd been consulting for a year, done 150 K with three clients. Yep. Uh, and she, she had like big, big ideas, but she had like a heart for mom and pops. I was like, that's adorable and lovely. And you can do that like on your volunteer time, but you're the work you're doing needs to be done in like billion dollar corporations. So we started kind of adjusting her target audience. And the first year she worked with me, she added 600,000 in new revenues partially by doing value-based engagement, these transformational engagements, and partially by working with clients who were of the size to benefit from her. So that if it was a hundred K engagement, they didn't blink. They were like, okay. Uh, So that's, I think uh, in, in many cases, if you, and you know, people listening will know if your clients are too small for you, you're like, yeah, I tried to do a thing. And they were like, "Mm." or so they're either small in, in size or revenues, but they also might be small and kind of like, how big they can think. Uh, I like clients who can think really big, who are like, I have a big vision for my business. I'm like, let's do it. Mm. It goes back to number one, find that perfect client. Um, Absolutely. I do. I know we're we're, we're strapped for time. I do want to ask you a few personal questions, if that's all right, Sam. And that is, what's your vision for the next six to 12 months for your business? I'm really keen to hear it. 
Oh, I think it's a good timeline because most people are like five years from now. I'm like, I don't really work on that time horizon. So uh, six to 12 months, I have... Um, I have a group program that I'm building. I'm having the best time with it. Uh, I go back and forth about how I like to work and I'm just super excited about it. So I'd love to get 50 people in there uh, and bringing them to the Island of Martha's Vineyard where I live in September oh, because, I, uh, well, yes. <laughs> so first of all, it's gorgeous. And also one of the big ways that I work is um, since most of the work is remote, I love to bring people together and, and work one-on-one. -on -one. And I just think the power of coming together for a short amount of time when you're usually remote mm. is just like so much, uh, magic and sizzle can especially happen in that time. So. In the last especially now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. And that's an awesome goal. Um, really, really cool. What's that one little thing that you're, that you, that's you're scared of that you need to focus on in order to achieve that goal? Um, you know what, uh, well, that I'm scared of to achieve the goal. Hmm. I don't, maybe, maybe overwork. We talked, you and I were talking about this when we, um, before we started shooting, which yeah. is it's, you know, it's when you love what you do, it's really easy to do, to do it too much. And so you've heard that the self-care piece is really important to me. And, uh, I think, you know, I come by that naturally. Cause I, I came from this working like way too many hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when I have a goal, it's very easy for me to shut out everything and just focus on that, which is why I like to kind of, you know, cultivate a little more sense of non-attachment of like, Hey, let's see what happens. I don't have fears around sales and marketing. I'm happy to say like, I love both of them and I'm excited about them. Yep. And so I kind of have to sometimes throttle the monster and just make sure that we're like, okay, let's, let's, it's 4 PM. Let's maybe take the rest of the day off. Cool. So it's, it's kind of like a strength and a weakness. It's like, yeah, exactly. You've got that hint of workaholism from your corporate days, but it's also a boon because you know, you can just shut off everything else and not be afraid to put the hard work in. Um, yeah. but you gotta be mindful of self-care. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, they say your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. And I think that's not in the singular. I think if you look at every one of your strengths, they can also show up as a weakness in the opposite. So, you know, you can be like a really big people person and then maybe you, you know, don't, again, don't take care enough care of yourself in, in private, or you can make, like be very thoughtful, but that like isolates you from, from yeah. people. And, you know, I think it's important to look at like all of those aspects. Well, that's an interesting thought. I'm going to very, I'm going to ponder on that tonight. My, my biggest, biggest <laughs> is also my strength. Hey, Sam, where's, um, where's the best place for my audience to find you? I know you've got a podcast. I know you had something you could give away yep. to my audience. The floor is yours. I do. Thank you. Um, well, I have a, a, a cool guide called um, the definitive guide to winning six figure clients. And you can find it at sixfigureclients.com with the number six, sixfigureclients.com. And it basically has a lot of the principles that I've talked about today, as well as uh, links to videos where you'll hear from some of the clients that I described. Awesome. And what's your podcast called? It's called Profitable Joyful Consulting. Okay, great. So I'm going to leave both of those there and your LinkedIn in my in the show notes. Um, but other than that, thank you for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today, Sam. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps 
get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful on top of that. If you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.